There's another way to respond besides these two options. Not everything needs to be punished Mm -hmm. and corrected or fixed and Mm -hmm. pain-free. Welcome to the Relational Parenting Podcast. I'm Jennifer Hayes, a parent coach and 20-year childcare veteran. Each week, I sit down with my own father, Rick Hayes, and discuss the complicated issues that parents face today, as well as some of the oldest questions in the book. From the latest research and the framework of my relational parenting method, we offer thought-provoking solutions to your deepest parenting struggles. Added bonuses include intergenerational wounding discussions and guest childcare experts. We will also start taking your parenting questions in episode five. So be sure to comment with your biggest questions or email me directly at jenny at jennyb.co. Let's get started. Welcome back, everybody. Hey there. Um, Welcome back to the Relational Parenting Podcast. Uh, this is a me and dad episode, a dad and, what should we call dad and me, like a TV dad show, and dad and me episode. Um, we've had, we had a three week run with guests and we're going to have another three week run, three week run with guests, um, just shuffling things around and trying to fit everybody in and. It just like we're starting, we're scheduling out into February and March of next year. And, but like these people that I'm meeting are so amazing and wanting to get them on the air. And it's, yeah, it's hard to not just schedule everyone back to back. But, um, excuse me. Maybe we'll have to switch to that sometime. Yeah. Maybe someday we'll just, I don't know, but I kind of feel, I feel like these, with guests, it's a topic that's dependent upon the guest. And mm-hmm. with our episodes, I get to teach something that I see, you know, yeah. that I currently am seeing in the parenting community that needs to be addressed or that people don't know about. Or um, I get to fill in the gaps with these episodes. I get to fill in mm-hmm. and teach things mm-hmm. specifically from my the relational parenting method versus a guest who um, the content is kind of dependent upon their expertise, which is great because we need other people's voices. Um, but I yes. think I've, I've played with the idea of having of it just being a guest podcast, but I don't, I don't want to lose these episodes. I think that they're really beneficial. And I think, there's a lot of the gener- the intergenerational um, exchange, I think, really happens in these episodes. Um, mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. magnified when it's just you and me. Um, so anyway, logistics, decisions behind the scenes. <laughs> um, but this week we are talking about a parenting skill that it's one of the parenting skills that I try to teach new parents or any, I mean, any parents that come to me because it's such a non-intuitive skill and a lot of parenting and a lot of people will say like, you'll just figure it out when you become a parent. And whilst that, while that's partially true, 
Um, there are things in life that are non-intuitive or non-automatic and and we're not always like, we are not just another animal. Um, you know, animals, we have animal instincts, but we also have a prefrontal cortex that creates, Mm -hmm. Uh, we have, we have judgment, we can prioritize tasks, we can like make choices. Whereas animals, you know, lions and tigers and bears, oh my, they just, everything they do is based on instinct and survival. And for the most part. Our social side is a little more complicated. So we have, yeah. And we've got, um, we've got a, piece part of our brain that animals just literally don't have. And so what sets us apart is having the instinct and then having the ability to look at that instinct and go, is this actually the right choice is in this moment or is this just Mm -hmm. base instinct Mm -hmm. or is this just my past Mm -hmm. experience telling me that this is the only way to handle this situation? Um, and, mm-hmm. and, and taking a pause, not just reacting. We say this a million times, um, every episode, we're not just reacting, but we're choosing our response to any given situation. And so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that our instinct uh, for a lot of people and a lot of parents that I've worked with, a lot of parents that I've worked for, um, and even in myself, uh, the instinct when a child has a an undesirable emotion or behavior or outburst or reaction to their environment is to either punish it and stop it or to fix it and stop it, to swoop in and rescue. And the instinct to do that comes from a wonderful place, maybe not the punishment one, but the instinct to swoop in and save them from pain comes from a wonderful place of protection and love um, and empathy. The instinct to punish also actually, I will argue, comes from a good place. It comes from a place of wanting our child to develop into a social being who isn't who isn't um, shunned or, or made fun of, or, you know, any of those negative social reactions we can get if we're not well behaved. Um, There's also a fear. It's a a protective thing. Yeah. Hopefully it's a protective thing. It can also come from, a place of parents feeling embarrassed if their child doesn't act perfectly in every situation, um, mm-hmm. being judged mm-hmm. by other people or other parents, um, you know, et cetera. And, and really those things shouldn't matter in your parenting. What other people think, nobody knows what's actually going on with your child except you. And, mm-hmm. you know, if your child's mm-hmm. having a tantrum in the grocery store, like it's your job to respond appropriately to that child so that it doesn't cause harm to the, your relationship with them and literally ignore everything else. If anyone is looking at you or watching the situation or you feel judged, even if no one has said anything or if someone has said something like politely tell them to fuck off and give, give your attention back to your child because nobody or, has any or business ignore. <laughs> or ignore them, but nobody has any business interfering 
yeah. in that situation or laying their judgment on it unless yeah. they are purely there to offer assistance. Hey, yeah. do you want, can I help yeah. that? Can I help in any way? Yeah. Can I hold your purse while you clean that up? <laughs> yeah, I don't know that I would trust that either. But um, <laughs> there's a lot of other things to offer besides holding someone's purse that oh, can be. Let me hold your wallet. For or let me there, clean yeah. that up. You like go take care of your child you is go. more like a helpful. That's a little more altruistic. Offer. But anyway, <laughs> so there's there's two sides to the same coin that I see constantly is we're either punishing, shaming, or guilting a child's actions or uh, undesirable actions, or we are swooping in and fixing undesirable feelings. So um, your child doesn't listen to you. If your child doesn't want to do something that you are trying to get them to do, um, if your child is you know, arguing with you, whatever that might be that gets the punishment. Um, that's one side of the coin. And the other side of the coin is usually when your child, something happens to your child or in your child's environment that causes them pain and they have an emotional reaction to it and you, the parent swoop in to fix it, take away the pain, etc. And so those are two sides of the same coin that have the same outcome, which is that your child is never going to learn how to appropriately deal with big emotions. So we'll talk about positive emotions or positive things. And we've talked about praise. We, we did an episode on praise and, and, you know, when your child does things that you like or appreciate or want to repeat, um, but today we're going to talk about when your child, when your child does, how do I want to say this? When you're, when um, your mm-hmm. child, when your child is experiencing pain or upset towards you, what they need is for you to understand and let them feel that way. You don't have to, Mm -hmm. you don't have to make it okay for them to act how they're acting. You don't have to, you know, coddle them or anything, but you do need to sit through the storm with them and say, I see how frustrated you are. I know you wanted another cookie. Mm -hmm. We're not going to do that Mm -hmm. right now. I know you're so frustrated. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry you're, you're feeling that way. That's, that sucks. You know, I see how frustrated Mm -hmm. you are. Mm -hmm. Um, instead of stop crying. You know, you don't get two cookies after dinner. You only get one. If you're going to act like this, then you, there's going to be no cookies after dinner anymore. Like threatening, like shaming, you know, better punishing, go sit in timeout because you want two cookies, stuff like that. And then Mm -hmm. a child breaks their toy and experiences internal upset because my toy is broken. And parent swoops in and says, it's okay. We'll just order a new one on Amazon. It'll be here in two days. It's okay. Mm -hmm. It's okay. We'll just get a new one. It's fine. Mm -hmm. Just stop crying. Mm -hmm. Two most common outcomes that I see and the two worst things you could possibly do repeatedly to your children Mm -hmm. to help them with Mm -hmm. their emotions. 
Yeah, I think a lot of it comes down to parents being in a place, keeping themselves in a place where they can like choose an approach. When you when you see a you know, uh, the the words that are coming into my mind as you're talking are like control. Are you controlling or are you teaching? You know, what do you what do you what do you want to do here? If it's just like, oh, I'm embarrassed because my child is making a noise and somebody's looking at me. You know, that doesn't seem a real healthy way to go at working with the situation. You know, you you. Generally, if it's uh, if it's my child is about to run out in front of a car, well, okay, we just need to get this under control right quick before somebody dies. Right. Um, if We're it's, never if talking it's about that. It, We're never talking about a child okay, running in front well, of a car. I'm, That's always your I example. Try to, I try to cover because that because that will be the that will be the comment. <laughs> well, Great. We Let them comment and we'll respond to it. Right. We like comments. <laughs> if you want and yeah. if you want to be that extreme of a human being, that's fine. That's, that's right. But normally what you're Obviously, I think what you're doing as a as a parent is you're wanting to teach. It's a you know, everything is a teaching moment. Kids are running around learning the boundaries, learning where the fences are, learning how to deal with emotions and circumstances and other people their size or bigger and you know everything is everything is really a teaching moment and and trying not to make it about yourself that's sometimes a challenge if you're in a hurry which parents always are well and i would i would disagree with everything is a teaching moment Hmm. okay because that also creates this parent taking parent taking over the situation and telling a child what they need to do. Hmm. So not everything is a teaching moment. Hmm. Um, in relational parenting, the primary thing that I teach people is actually every moment is a chance for connection and to hmm. deepen your relationship. Okay. In any given moment, you can deepen your bond with your child. You can deepen the trust and the respect between you and your child. But first, you have to let go of the idea that you are going to always be able to control or ever be able to mm-hmm. control mm-hmm. what your child does. Mm-hmm. Once connection once there's connection, once there's um, a come down, once there, once regulation is restored, mm-hmm. then we can teach. Or better mm-hmm. yet, then we can ask our child to participate in the problem solving. There you go. Because more often than not, your kid already knows they fucked up. Your kid already knows that they shouldn't have done that. Your kid already mm-hmm. feels bad for doing it. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that us retelling them what they should have done instead is going mm-hmm. to do is cause more shame. Mm-hmm. Instead of bringing the child in and saying, what could we do next time differently? What and do see, you think? That's, that's what I mean by teaching sometimes. Modeling, you know, offering alternative ways of thinking about things, not necessarily telling them what to feel, 
Mm. But going through that exercise with them, showing them how to deal with these circumstances. Yeah. Right. I I would, I think that the word teach then is inappropriate. I think guide would be. Fair enough. And I'm just, I'm just. More useful in saying uh, this because I think. Helping people get a handle on it. Yeah. That the word teaching is your, you are speaking the information to someone who doesn't know things, right? Yes. A one way from me to you. And I think that guide, Mm -hmm. the word guide, every moment is a guiding, is a chance to guide your children. Um, Every moment is a chance to connect with your children, to connect and guide um, and deepen your relationship. Because we are, that's really truly the definition of what parenting is, is, is guiding Mm -hmm. a being in Mm -hmm. from, from infancy into adulthood, um, to be the most healthy version of themselves that they can be, to be the most fulfilled, happy, healthy healthy version, Um, whatever that means. Yeah. So that they can then pursue their purpose and, and life's meaning on earth as well. And if like, I just get this image of like parents standing over small children and going like this, if this is the image that we have of what parenting is, then Mm -hmm. we're, that's where we lose the connection and the relationship part. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. but if we bring our children in, that's a good distinction. Yeah. If we bring our children in as teammates, um, you know, and you're the, the, uh, team leader, hmm. captain, captain of a team. Yeah. Yeah. You're the team leader. You're the captain, but your children are your teammates and need to be treated as equals and valuable and, and valued for their gifts and what they bring to the team and their ideas and their opinions and their thought processes, um, and their emotions because emotions give us information and, um, you need to meet the needs of your team. You know, you don't punish your team for having needs. You find ways that everyone on the team has their needs met. Um, so when you, I know, I think we've, we've talked about, we've talked about you and teaching like you loved to teach us mm-hmm. things in any given situation mm-hmm. we've taught and you your childhood Sometimes luxury yeah and in but but you did that because in your childhood note like you had very little guidance and so you wanted to um not be like an absentee kind of parent um you wanted to teach your kids things and um and then, and Part then of that probably... too. Later on, my time with you was limited, and so yeah. it didn't it didn't happen. A lot of that in when you were older uh, didn't happen organically. It happened, you know, like on a Wednesday night. It's like, well, okay, if it's going to happen, then I just got to dump it. And uh, yeah, that was that was a little less than ideal too. But yeah. there's a lot of people out there in that situation. Knowing what you know now, here's the question. What would you do differently mm-hmm. when it ca- when it came to 
big emotional whatever when we were little. I'm thinking mm-hmm. of like when we were small or mm-hmm. or in middle school or in high school and we had big emotional outbursts or we got angry or whatever. Um, I guess pick an age. Um, what would you how would you approach us differently? Whether we were disagreeing with you, pissed off at you, or we had experienced a painful experience with a friend or a toy being busted or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, pick a scenario and ha- what would you do? What did you do? And then wh- how would you do it differently? Knowing what think, you know now. Let me think of a, think of an, of an instance or two. Yeah. yeah. The um, anger and upset, I always kind of enjoyed dealing with that because that's I think I think we are really ourselves when we're angry, you know. That's when the filters the, the whole idea of regulation really kicks in when you're upset. Um and uh, and you know people will say things in anger that they don't mean. And I'm like, "No, nah, I think they do mean that. They just let it slip. They didn't mean to say it." Um when they say that, but I think you're being genuine when you when your lizard brain kind of takes over. So kids, I like to guide them as much as possible through, like a I don't know teaching Sunday school. I don't know whether it was you kids or other kids. Um, there were times probably where I, you know, in terms of what I did do, there were probably times when you guys were fighting, would fight about something, and you just put an end to it, right? When they're, when you're wee little and then there's not a lot of arguing, not a, when there's not a lot of uh, angling going on with the little kids where they're, where they're just, they're just angry, you know, sometimes you just have to separate them. Um, until the hormones or whatever calm until they calm down, and then you and then you reintroduce them together. You know when it's not so emotionally charged. But just being emotionally charged is tough to deal with uh, sometimes. And like you were saying before, the um, people get upset in different circumstances and the circumstances kind of grow as, as the kids grow, as the people grow, you know, the kinds of things that high school kids are upset about are generally different than hopefully are different than the things that the three-year-olds are getting upset at each other about. So you, uh, calm maybe down. on the surface, but the general, the emotions are the same. Lot, I'm hurt. I'm scared. Yeah. I'm frustrated. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the reasons for the triggering of the emotions can is usually a more complicated when you're older. Hopefully, by the time you're 17, you've learned to deal with the three-year-old kind of issues. You know, he took my toy. Not if you weren't taught how to when you were three. That's right. That's right. That's probably where a lot so, of crime comes so from. So separating, so separating young children. What mm-hmm. did you do? What did you do? What did you do? Mm-hmm. When you would separate us, would you just separate us and make us all go calm down alone? Would you come talk to us? Would you like, what did you do back then? And what would you do 
yeah. both of those as as the situation you know parenting is so complicated you know the the specific the circumstances are always important sometimes it make you sit there together just out of arm's reach right yeah you know you know if you could if you weren't in the car traveling and everybody was crunched together you know where yeah. i'd just tell you to sit on your hands for a while you know and yeah. like, chill out till you're till till everybody gets the impulse to mess with everybody else yeah. uh, under control. You know, is it is it uh, and and then talking. Tried to talk about. It. I I tried not to ever let it get just just go. You know, it, there had to be some talking about it. So it's like what happened and okay, this you know we kind of have a plan for it not happening again for the most part. Trying to keep the uproar in the household. To a minimum, you know, if it if if you got into it, and then we had we sat down and cooled off, not a not just a timeout, but sat down and cooled off, and then talk about it at my convenience. You know, if I was working in the, you know, sometimes some of that time I was working in the basement. You know, if you guys were just having trouble getting along for whatever reason out in the in the basement, um, there'd be a time of sitting down. And if I got a phone call, I got a phone call. You know, that was kind of the random part of it was, well, now you're at the mercy of the courts or, you know, some authority, you'd be the authority. Yeah. And then you come back out and say, okay, what, what's going on? What happened? And if they got, and then sometimes things would get too complicated. Everybody's skewing the story, their direction. You know, I remember how uh, kids get good at, at t describing things as, uh, well, I was throwing a ball and Jenny got in front of it and got hit. You know, it's all very, <laughs> you know, very, yeah. I didn't do anything. It just happened, you know? Yeah. And then, you know, working through and you know, getting to a point where it's like, yeah, that one's not going to fly. And, uh, uh <laughs> and I enjoy that's, you know where nobody's where nobody's dying. I always just kind of enjoyed watching your minds work and and twist and turn, and that's where a lot of our talking came from. Was the twisting and you know coming from the twisting and turning that kids do to figure yeah. out how to deal with situations. And I just just go with it and let it run and let you tie yourself in knots and sit there and think about it. You know, and basically it wasn't over until you could get along. You know, sometimes it took repetitions of that. So now from from the a relational perspective, when, mm -hmm. you know, siblings fought or um, I'm just going to use that because that's kind of the example you yeah. you were giving was when yeah. when we the three of us would fight. Yeah. Um from a relational perspective, is there anything you would do differently? Yeah. Yeah. There would be the, the talking, I would probably still interrupt and there might even be some sitting down. I'm sitting here walking through it. It's like, okay, knock off the commotion. What's going on. But there would probably be more talking about how you felt when you did it. You know, mm -hmm. what, what less I was probably more focused on the mechanics of who who did what. You know, one of my rules was always the first one to lay hands on the other one is wrong. You don't get to lay hands on other people. 
you know, you got to find another way and, and suggest other ways. Now it would be trying to make you more aware of what you were thinking and feeling and how to not just be at the mercy of that, how to, how to it's like, yeah, okay, I get that. And, you know, making sure they feel heard, making sure you feel heard. Um, and I think that, you know, feeling heard, feeling a lot of times, a lot of times with kids, it's just about their feeling unjustly treated. It's the injustice of mm -hmm. things that, that really gets kids going. And so getting you to feel like, and the injustice has been resolved, you know, um, and everybody knows why everybody felt unjustly treated. And then I imagine most of the time that will, that would move on, but that's, you know, that's time consuming. There's also times where there isn't time to do that right away. Well, but it's not any more time so consuming uh, than trying to figure out who laid hands first and getting three sides of a story. If, if, so I, so what you, yeah, I like what you said was instead too. of, yeah. instead of trying to get through the mechanics of who did what, who said what, who did this mm -hmm. first, who triggered who, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. You're instead going, judgment. right. Which is what kids are terrified of and why we all stop saying I threw the ball at Jenny and say I threw the ball and Jenny stepped in front of it is because we're trying to yeah. hide from the wrath of our parent. Because we yeah, felt, yeah. for whatever reason, he felt justified throwing a ball at me because of whatever I did to him. And then you just go around in yeah. circles. And it's the same in, in partnerships, in, in romantic partnerships. The fight is never about the fight. The fight is about yeah. some someone got hurt and yeah. reacted. And yeah. that's, what, that's what sibling relationships are, too. So if you spent the time you were already spending on ha asking the asking the kids to identify their emotions and how they felt having each one each kid hear how the other kid felt instead of you threw this and you did that and throwing accusations i was really mm -hmm. my feelings were really hurt when so and so said this and uh, well mm -hmm. my feelings were really hurt when you know, so-and-so did this. Oh, well, and then I thought that they were going to do this. So I threw a ball and so that they wouldn't, mm -hmm. you know, hit me or whatever, because, because anticipation, mm -hmm. even though it didn't happen, the fear of it happening is still very real and very visceral. Mm -hmm. Um, and so mm -hmm. there's, you can get to the bottom of something. I think it's what you said is perfect. You can get to the bottom of whatever it is so much faster mm -hmm. If you focus mm -hmm. on what they were feeling mm -hmm. and then, and say, oh yeah, that's, that sounds like it would hurt or that's, that sounds frustrating or that sounds painful mm -hmm. and, <laughs> and validate that they felt that way. You don't have to validate the actions yeah. that they took, yeah. but validate that's that they right. felt that way. And then yeah. in that particular situation, after all of that, okay, I was going to give you the answer, but I'm not going to, um, after you've. <laughs> the three we've had a round table. Okay. The three of us were fighting. You walk in, you cut it off and you're like, Whoa, everybody stop. Take yeah. a second. Take a deep I breath. Need this to stop. Yeah. Hey, like what's going on? We all jump in and try to tell our side of the story. So we don't get in trouble. And you're like, Whoa, 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 slow down. Everyone take a deep breath. Maybe you sit down on the floor with us and you're like, Hey, are you guys frustrated right now? 
or whatever. You start talk. You start give, the conversation. Do a little prompting. Give them yeah. some vocabulary. Name you start the, the conversation. Yeah. You get us all talking about our feelings, and then, and then what? We've all we've all been heard. We've all been heard. We've all expressed our feelings. Yeah. What's your next step? Ooh. I like this. I like what this has turned into. This is a quiz day. You yeah. didn't, we didn't yeah. even know. We didn't Role even know. Or, uh, or yeah. <laughs> now I wish I had the uh, video camera in the up in the corner of the basement, you know, where we could go back and say, okay, you know, June 3rd, 1962 yeah. or whatever. We could go back and replay this. Right. Um, so, if everybody's was sitting and taught, taking turns, we'd have to say, okay, now it was Jenny's turn to talk now. It's, uh, yeah, there'd be some refereeing. Turn, right. You know, you do some refereeing and everybody's talking and you do some. What lead, comes after? You can ask some leading questions and everybody yeah. feels heard. Then, yeah. Then what's next? Then the next step would be, so what are we going to do different going forward? I mean, as a parent, my my concern at the moment is I have some place to be. I have somewhere, you know, I have other things to do. I need to go mow the grass before it gets dark or whatever. Yeah. And so I want I want to avoid repetition. So the next step for me as a parent is avoiding like, repetition. So how are we going to do it? Yes, is the short term goal. Right. But the long term goal is that your children grow up and have connected healthy relationships with one another and they help each other out through life. So, and, and, so often, and I've shown them how yeah. to do this to their kids. Right. So, so the short term goal, which is also extremely valid and, and is usually what parents are talking about and frustrated it's about. It's like, factor. I yeah. have a million responsibilities that I need to handle. I can't constantly be playing yeah. referee. And it's like, yes. Yeah. And if you want, yeah, to raise healthy, happy, functional children who like each other and stay in touch and remain family and, you know, play with cousins and all the things. Like if that's what you want for your children, then you need to put in this time and it's going to take the same amount of time to punish them as it is to have an emotional, emotionally intelligent conversation and help them work it out. So and have you, some residual benefit for so, the next time. Yes, you need to go mow the lawn and you want to to not have to come back inside to us fighting again. But ultimately, long-term vision is that you are raising three children who love and respect one another, can lean on each other in hard times, you know, perhaps when you're not around anymore, whatever, you know, parents think, you mm-hmm. know, you think of these things. So anyway, mm-hmm. so... I just mm-hmm. wanted to point that out. That's a short-term thought process, yeah. and there's also, a, but there's also yeah. a long-term goal here. Yeah. And picture. and and so we've. So I'm sorry. So we've had the emo- everyone has had their emotions um, heard and addressed. How I was mm-hmm. feeling. I was this. I was feeling that. I was feeling mm-hmm. this. Okay. We've all heard each other. What's your next step? You said. Well, um, so- what are you going to do? What are we going to do differently? What are we going to do next? Yeah. What are we going to get? We're all going to get up and go. I got to go mow the grass. What are we going to, what are you going to do different? Because it was always, you know, and I'm sure this is true everywhere. Uh, we had three kids in the house. Any two of them together were generally fine. It was when all three of you were in the same room. Yeah. Right. There was a sibling. There was some something about that. We'll have to study up on that. But that's when, the, when it became three. Then it ended up somehow or another being two against one. 
Yep. And and somebody felt abused somehow or another, yep. or actually, in fact, was abused one way yeah. or another. And it's like, okay, I'm asking you guys to provide a solution instead of yes. just, I think I did pretty good at saying, at least giving you a chance to do that. And then at some point, if that was not working out and I didn't have time to deal with it, it's like, okay, everybody go sit on your hands. I mean, there was some way of immobilizing or separating or, you know, there just there just wasn't the time for some reason to deal with it. Yes, but, but I my question. Guys, I tried to let you guys propose a, a solution. Okay. And my question is specifically, what would you do knowing what you know now? Not what did you do? Because we covered right. that. What right. would you do knowing now a more relational, connected approach after having everyone speak about their emotions? I'm not sure I'd do anything different. I would, I mean, once everybody had explained and understood how everybody felt, right? Okay, do you understand why you shouldn't have done that? Then I think I'm I'm still stuck on putting it on the kids to come up with a plan. So I how, think that's how, good. I don't know that maybe I missed it. I don't. This? Yeah, asking the kids to come up with a future plan. What can you do? How do you deal? How would you? Which in turn, which ends up being well, when they have kids, they'll be like, so what would you guys do um, to avoid this in the future? Which does not take into account the re- the really repetitive ones where someone is really irritated with somebody and they are intentionally ins- instigating these things. In which case, you know, it's not about just feelings. There's somebody somebody's got something that needs a little more study. Right. So we skipped to. we skipped a step. But, but getting the kids, okay. But getting the kids, getting the kids to propose a solution and then stick to it. You have would be my next step. Yes. So those okay. are two addressing emotions mm-hmm. and coming up with a plan for the future situation are two mm-hmm. steps in the process. And I'm really excited that you have those. There's a step <laughs> in the there's a step in the middle that you missed. So we Ooh. can't we can't just express emotions and then leave them floating around in the air. And then try to come up with a solution for a future situation. We still haven't fully addressed the current situation. Well, that's so I'm thinking before I get up and leave, I mean, the, the plan they come up with is immediate is for the next half hour, you know, for implementation okay. right now. We got we were upset. Are we OK? Are we good now? Right. Are we still but, upset? But why, why would they be good? All we've done is say this person did something that hurt me. I'm hurt. Okay. Okay. What makes you feel better when you tell someone who loves you, you've hurt me? Is it, well, I won't hurt you in the future. Uh, well, you need restitution. Repair. So yeah. we, we, we all express our emotions. And then the guidance Not is... Not just an apology, but whatever it takes. Yeah. Well, and forcing children into an apology if they don't feel sorry is also, you know, one of our episodes. Not, but Not productive. But yeah. you being the coach and the guide for, okay, Jenny just had her turn to talk. And what she expressed was that Josh said something that hurt her feelings. And then she mm-hmm. threw the ball 
at Josh to hurt him back. And so Mm -hmm. Josh, Jenny said that you hurt her feelings. Um, What is something that you could do right now that might make her feel better or might help you, you you guys reconnect. Um, And then he could offer an apology or he could say, I didn't mean it. I was just, I was feeling stressed out because whatever. And I took it out on you and I didn't mean to. And then, okay, Jenny, you threw the ball that hurt Josh. What's something you could do right now, you know, and coaching each of us then through with helping to repair the emotions that are now floating around. Because if you don't do repair and, and, and they might not be ready for repair immediately. They might need, I know that I was probably the kid that would have been sitting there seething, pissed, feeling no matter how hurt I was, I probably needed to walk away for an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. you're going to have kids that, that do that. Like yeah. I'm not yeah. coming down right now. My nervous system is going to take, yeah. yeah. And my adrenaline takes a while. And yeah. I think Josh is probably is would would have probably been the A plus student in repairing immediately, and I would have been yep. and I would have been the kid that was like I'm gonna go to my room for four hours. Don't talk to me. Yeah. Um, and, and then I would come okay. out and then I would come out with my head hanging low and been like I'm sorry, Josh. I didn't mean to. Like I didn't um, mean to I, hurt you. I've I've had time to. And that's <laughs> the thing. Your head get your head. You get agitated and you're not thinking straight. And it's so yeah. Whatever it takes. To get so you can think straight. And sometimes it doesn't happen in five minutes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Everybody go to your room and read a book for till dinner. You know, if, if that's the good, if that's the way your kids work, then give them. Well, and if, if that's the way one kid works. Their, if they don't come up with it. Yeah. But just because I need, yeah. maybe needed to go read a book until dinner time doesn't mean Josh and Nathan should have been made to, or maybe I needed to go ride my bike. Like it doesn't have to be a punishment. Like go, go do this till you're ready to apologize. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But, but if they're not ready to, if they're playing together and getting in conflict to when they're together, then separating them. Yeah. Jenny, what, what would you like to go do? Even if it's their idea, it's like, how, how do we fix this? And it's like, well, okay, why don't you go ride, you know, once you go go away for an hour, you know, yeah. or however long it usually takes Jenny or whoever to do that. And you and that's part of the it's part of the solution is okay. We're not so that as soon as you turn around and leave the room, they're not right back at right. it. That's it's like, okay, we didn't that didn't work. We're gonna now we need to do something different. You know, I'm also big yeah. on not repeating the same mistake over and over and over. It's like, well, okay, that didn't work. Next next uh next solution mm. let's brainstorm a little more and sometimes it is it's just you get them away from one another because everybody's having a bad day or nobody got enough yeah. sleep the night before or everybody had bad lasagna you know or, or whatever it's uh boy you got to be flexible in this business it's important it's important though to give the each individual child the ch- the chance and the choice to choose what they feel they need in that moment. So Josh might be able to sometimes Josh might be able to repair and say, and apologize. I might not. And so asking, taking it a step further after talking about everyone's emotions, um, 
you could even ask each child then, what do you need right now in order to feel safe and secure, um, in order to move on Mm -hmm. from this situation? And I could say, like, I may not need the apology. I might just need space. But that helped, lets me, the child, check in with my body and my feelings and Mm-hmm. literally request or state my need out loud so that then they mm-hmm. also know like I'm I'm not just like stomping away and slamming my door and like p- being pissed off which just makes yeah siblings want to tease each other even more like I'm That's I want right. to go calm I know that I need space I need to go calm down um, before I'm ready to, to apologize, before I'm ready to repair, before I'm ready to play again, before mm-hmm. whatever. And that helps mm-hmm. me grow into an adult who can identify that instead of screaming at my partner or saying yeah. something I don't mean, et cetera, I can identify, oh, I need to go calm down. I need yeah. alone time. Um, yeah. And then I can come back to this conversation. Whereas yeah. Josh might be ready to say, I'm sorry, um, or Josh might say, I, I just need, you know, an apology or I just need us to stop fighting or I just need this, you know, and then he's fine to keep going or Nate, you know, whatever Nathan needed. Like I, so asking each individual kid, we've talked about our emotions. Everyone's been heard. Everyone feels heard. And then checking in with each child. Okay. What do you need in order to feel safe right now? What do you yeah. need in order to come back um, to to play together kindly? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and each child's needs are probably going to be different. And yeah. then you can offer the choice for a sibling. You know, if one sibling says, I just want someone like, you know, I just want them to apologize to me um, or I just want my want it acknowledged by the person who hurt me. Um, then you can ask that sibling, are you ready to offer that to your sibling? Mm-hmm. Um, can you do that? Or, or yeah. Yeah. It, it's and a negotiation. Not, at that it point. is. It's a everything. And it is a negotiation. And oh God, these are just such important skills for life. Um, well, and we can drill d- way down into it. I mean, if people are not ready yet, you have to be flexible on the timing you have to leave it open to the, the child has to choose to do it. If you're just forcing children to say words or do something because then they're never going to learn it. And they may be too young to come up with the alternatives when you start doing this. And they may need a little bit of prompting or coaching or, well, what about this? How does this sound? Or, you know, you may have to Mm -hmm. give them ideas, seed ideas, Mm-hmm. Um, when they just don't know, particularly if somebody or everybody is still agitated. I'm a big believer mm-hmm. that while everybody's agitated, that's not the time to problem solve. You know, that's, you can talk, that's, that. I think yep. that's the good transition that I wish I'd have had before was getting kids to talk about their feelings is a good transition from, you know, bringing kids down, you know, from agitation yeah. to, okay, my forebrain's in control again. My lizard brain is still agitated, but my my higher function, my higher cognitive functions are in control. 
You know, yeah. I, I'm a big believer in you're allowed to feel any way you want to feel. You are not allowed to act any way you want to mm-hmm. act. Yeah. And and teaching that, which is regulation uh, in my mind. Um, so, yeah, those are those those that would be a great methodical. Here's a tool to use. OK, everybody sit down here for a second and we're going to talk or uh, and and have it out. And then, boy, you know, who was it? we had a guest not too long ago about you are the expert on your children. That's, you know, what one mm. kid needs versus another. There's no formula for that. You have to figure out who needs more time, who's holding back, you know, who's not, who's not being, who's not owning up. Yeah. Especially yeah. in the beginning. And how to deal with the resolution. Like, depending on how old your children are, like, this, this could take a while and might need some repetition yeah. before you get good at it because your children are used to something very different. They're used to being punished. They're Everybody used needs to practice. Right. Yeah. Um, like not everyone is going to start doing this is not hearing this podcast when their child is born. Um, and right. not everyone is going to, no one is going to do it perfectly all of the time. Um, That like we're still human as adults. We're still figuring our shit out, regulating ourselves so that we can walk into that room of kids fighting and create calm and not add to the chaos. And that's a learned skill. Be the, be the calm. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's not about doing it perfectly. It's not about the steps being executed perfectly in a perfect line. But I know some people like having a checklist is useful. Um, And asking your kids like, yes, you are the expert on your child. And that, that quote came from, from an episode on edge on the education system where you're talking to Mm -hmm. the school about your child, you have, you know, something is off with your child and, and someone keeps, you know, an entity or an administration is, is ignoring you and dismissing you. That quote came from that episode of like, you know, your children best trust Mm -hmm. yourself and your instincts in this Mm -hmm. particular situation. This is not a, you decide what your children need each individual child. Like you need to be asking your children what they need and mm-hmm. believing them when they tell you. Mm-hmm. And they're going, they are going to get better at telling you what they need. The more making that them, you do yeah, this, making them think about what they need as opposed to what they want to do in response, asking them to think yeah. about what they need, yes. <laughs> inviting them in to participate That's- Offering choices, because if we make our kids do anything, they're never going to learn it for themselves. So we're creating a safe environment. I meant to say getting, getting them to think about what they are. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Not, not holding them down and poking them in the eye until they think about what they, what they need. But But we're inviting, we're creating an environment that is safe for them to do that. And then we are inviting them in to do it. And depending on how old your child is, depending on your previous um, forms of discipline and punishment, it might take them a while to open up and be willing to say anything to you. Yeah. Yeah. Because kids are terrified of being punished and they're terrified of being shamed. Yeah. And kids are going to be kids. It's going to, there are going to be mistakes. There are going to be repeated fights. They're like you, the parent expecting for something to work once and for it to never happen again, get over it. 
It's going to their children. They're learning. They're figuring out life. Even as adults, we all do the same fucking shit to ourselves all the fucking time. Oh, I shouldn't have eaten that much ice cream. It hurt my stomach. Oh, I shouldn't have like whatever, like it twisted my ankle. Like we still do dumb shit even as adults because it takes a few times to learn it. (laughs) And expect it to have an effect on you as a parent too, because it'll make you think about, you know, when you start teaching your kids things or, or, guiding your kids you'll find out you're guiding yourself too it's it's mm-hmm. cha- changing the way you talk to yourself well and, yeah that's what, that's what that's what this is all about i mean everybody we're it could all be a simulation and we're just you know we're it's just our internal simulations talking yeah. to other internal simulations however you like to look at it but yeah. uh, it's all about getting in your head getting in their heads and also and the other way that children will learn how to do this is through you modeling it. So if you mm-hmm. are in a disagreement with your child, the way you respond to them, the way you acknowledge, oh, I see, like, you must be frustrated. I see how you're acting. You must be frustrated. Or yeah. if you mess up going to your child and saying, I'm sorry, you didn't deserve that. You didn't deserve to be spoken to that way. Um, I really messed up. I'm so sorry. And and modeling the repair, modeling the emotional so intelligence. Important. Yeah. And so they're gonna learn to do that with I have watched children learn to do that with each other without any coaching between them, but strictly yeah. from how the parents speak to the children. Yeah. I was just gonna say And then that the siblings the speak to each other that way. Modeling is at least, if not more important than the, you know, yeah. the thinking it through, talking it through thing, just yeah. being a model is good and that's why it's such a tragedy you know people who can't say i'm sorry you know that's uh that's hard on everybody including the person who can't say they're sorry yeah so before we run out of time um so we taught that was that was what the one side of the coin with punishment and the other side of the coin is about fixing something that your child has experienced um separate from you so um or, or maybe not even in your household, but uh, a child has experienced a situation that you want to go in and save them from. And so it could be my toy broke, my mm. friend said something about me at school, what I, like whatever it is, your child is having a really difficult emotion and they're coming to you crying or they're, or maybe they're not, maybe they're coming to you very calmly, but it's a very, you know, that, that whatever, their feeling is really gross. Um, and you just yeah. want to save them from that pain. Um, yeah. or, or you just want to make the tantrum stop over the broken toy, whatever it is, whatever emotion you're fixing. Yeah. We, swooping in and promising to buy them a new toy, swooping in and telling them, how they should think about a situation with that friend who hurt their feelings. Like, Oh, well then they're not really your friend. Yeah. That's not helpful either. Either. Cause that makes it even worse. Cause they're like, but they were my friend and now I don't have a friend. Like <laughs> it's not helpful. Um, yeah. And so I was, I was taught the phrase by a counseling, a friend that's a counselor, been a counselor for many years uh, to not, to check yourself if you're, you can't fix rescue or protect a lot of times, you know, those mm-hmm. are, those are, those are things that you can teach better and worse ways to deal with, 
but you can't, you know, there's a lot of things you can't, you can't fix someone else's emotional state or or rescue them from a situation. All you can do is talk with them about maybe, you know, different, provide different ideas on how to deal with things that that are, that are healthier, that make them feel better. And well, that's like, especially with adults, that's something that you're taught of like, you can't, you know, you can't fix rescue or save a partner or a friend. Like all you can do is be there for them. But, but with kids, it's, I mean, it's similar. You, you, you can't fix rescue or save them from their emotion. You could, and you could, or you could try and, and, you know, making your child, trying to make your child feel better or not feel pain does nothing to teach them how to deal with life. And so a lot of like arguments, before, short term. Yeah. Well, and a lot of argue, it just, it just stops the discomfort momentarily in the short term. That's all it does. Yeah. It doesn't serve yeah. long term. It doesn't yeah. serve them in problem solving for themselves. The importance yeah. of letting your child experience pain is that your child, once your child becomes an adult and leaves the house, they're going to experience pain. They're going to experience heartbreak. Yeah. They're going to experience difficult situations that they have to navigate and come up with solutions or next steps or overwhelm. Um, they're going to have to do that and they're going to have to do it without you. Um, sure, they can pick up the phone and ask yeah. for your advice, but most people want to be able to rely on themselves. That's where confidence comes from is yeah. that I can rely on myself even when I'm faced with something I've never seen before, I know yeah. I got this. Yeah. And the, I know I got this comes from being able to have a trusted person, parent, adult, sit with me in my pain as a child where it's safe but still very real. I'm experiencing Mm -hmm. this pain. It feels like the world is ending. Surely life, this is it. This is as painful as life gets. And having an adult sit with you in that, but not try to fix you, rescue you or any, but, but reassure you that this too Mm -hmm. shall pass and I'm with Mm -hmm. you and you're not alone. Because if we feel mm-hmm. alone in the world or we feel like someone's just trying to tell us what to do or fix our situation or whatever, like all we're caught up in is how we feel right now. And we just need someone yeah. to sit there and hold us in that pain. That's where and then you get once, overwhelmed. I can't, yeah. I, there's, there's so much coming in. I can't deal with it. And you don't feel if there's nobody else you can call or, you know, talk to or something, then you're just dealing with it alone. And that's, that's no fun at all. Yeah. So learning in childhood that there are people you can trust and rely on to sit with you when things are really hard and ugly, but also after repeated times of that, you then learn yourself. It's solidified in you after repetition, it becomes solidified confidence in you that, okay, I feel this I feel this very deeply, but this, and this really hurts and this really sucks. And it feels like the world is ending, but I know that that's not true. I know that it's just how I'm feeling. Yes. I've been through this before and you've had the reassurance of someone normalizing it for you and sitting 
through the pain with you. I know I'm not alone. I know that if I need yeah. help, I have someone I can call. I got people. Yeah. I've been that through this like before. A, sounds like a definition of resilience. Exactly. And if you don't let your kids, you know, and let, let's even take it down to I'm three and I just broke my favorite fire truck toy. <laughs> I'm not saying don't ever replace your child's favorite toy with a new right. one. Right. I'm not saying that. I I'm just, saying I that just love the different levels we can talk about it on. Oops. It's all the same stuff, you know. It's all the same. And that's why I love people who say if you're a parent coach, niche down. And they mean like by age group or by specialty. Emotional and I'm like, development or, yeah. emotional development happens at every age and how you respond yeah. to these situations does not change based yeah. on age. Yeah. Creating relationship is the same no matter how old you are. Creating yeah. connection, focusing on connection, building healthy relationship is the same no matter how old you are. Yeah. So my niche is connection and, and building healthy relationship. There you go. And that's it. So anyway, so yeah. I do from a lot of gentle parent, you know, people who look down on gentle parenting or, um, you know, conscious parenting, mindful parenting, blah, 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 whatever, all the different names for it, who look down on this uh, more emotionally focused form of parenting. Um, and they say, well, the world doesn't do that. So I can't raise my kid like that because then they'll be soft and they won't have any real world skills. Bullshit. Yeah. This is the only way you're teaching your child real-world skills. Just the opposite. Just the opposite, yeah. Is by teaching them about themselves, making them resilient because you're not rescuing them from their hard feelings. You're not punishing their hard feelings. You're having them work through those feelings in a healthy and appropriate way because yeah. everyone's going to have hard feelings. It's yeah. going to happen for the rest of your life. And if you just yeah. punish them away or fix them constantly, that human is never going to be fully integrated to be able to handle the real world. Yeah. So yeah. you need to be the safe space so that your child can learn how to navigate the real world before they're actually in it. You've, you've talked before, we've talked before about, it. <coughs> golly, swallowed a bug. Internal versus external stuff. You know, when you're sitting, you're talking about having other people squash your emotions and not learning to, you know, handle them and deal with them um, to a level that suddenly in my mind, that's tr that's talking about uh, internal and external motivation, you know, where you're waiting for somebody, you get in a situation and you're kind of waiting for the world who isn't going to necessarily have your interest at mind come in and you know, somebody else in the world come in and deal with your feelings or help you out of your feelings mm -hmm. or whatever, as opposed to being equipped to handle progressively more complex and daunting tasks by virtue of, hey, I started learning some of this stuff, how to deal with my feelings. We get, we get feelings and things get urgent and we get overwhelmed and we don't think straight. And so that, mm -hmm. and that's a, a spiral that we all get into and boy the sooner we start teaching our kids to deal with that you know well what were you thinking what are you going to do about it everybody okay and on mm -hmm. and do that eighty-five thousand times by the time they're yep. 17 
you know. Yep. Uh, here we are again. Okay, you know, but yep. that's training, you know, practice. How do you get the car how do you get the Carnegie Hall? Practice. Yep. Same as anything else. So yeah, that's it's I I agree totally. That's that's the only way that's the only path to resilience. Yeah. And so so not f- just to say, just to kind of sum up, because we didn't spend much time on the fixing things. If your child is three and their favorite toy breaks, um, and instead of just reacting and saying, it's okay, it's okay, we'll just get a new one, we'll just order a new one. Instead of that, and I'm not saying don't ever replace their toy. I'm saying before you tell them, oh, you can just buy a new one. Yeah. You want to you want to let your child feel that. You want to let your child the consequences be sad a little bit. Yeah. No, not it's not it's not even about that. Let them be sad <laughs> over something they love breaking. Yeah. And then yeah. once their sadness passes, it's not because it's a consequence of their actions. They're just playing. There is no consequence needed. Okay. When they've experienced the sadness, And when you've said, I'm so sorry, baby, that's so hard. Oh, that's so frustrating. That's so sad. Yeah, that's your favorite toy. Mm -hmm. I know that's so, that sucks. I'm so sorry. Come here. Do you need a hug? All the things. And then they calm down. And I'm telling you, it literally takes as long as it took me to say that for them to calm down. If you just say those empathetic words, they're fine. And then, and then, you know what happens (laughs) after that? They start problem solving themselves without prompting, without anything. Most kids, even at three years old, will start making suggestions to fix the situation themselves, whether it's um, we can glue that piece. Can we glue that piece back on? Can you help me build a new one? Um, They'll start asking or suggesting different ways to... Okay. Fix the situation themselves. Sure. Unless they've been told for years and years and years, we'll just buy a new one. Don't worry about it. Right? Because then that's not going to come well, naturally the to thing. them. But if they're little. If, if you're starting at this, yeah. If they're that little, it's very likely that there have not been too many things broken that you've had, that you've offered to replace. And if you right. let them just feel what they feel, give them some empathy, they will start problem solving on their own. It is human nature to problem solve, not collapse on the floor and just give up hope. That's not human nature. That's not survival instinct. So, um, fixing, jumping in and giving a, a reactive solution to your child. Anytime they have big feelings, you steal their chance to solve the problem themselves. Deal better with the world. Yeah. You steal that yeah, from kids them. Kids that collapse, collapsing, kids collapsing in tantrums or, you know, hopelessness. That's uh, that's an excellent chance to sit there and, you know, okay, let, what's going on and not, because that, that almost communicates that they're expecting someone else to fix it. It communicates that they're not capable of fixing it themselves. It communicates lack of ability and that they need someone to save them. And we all, then we all watch Disney princess movies and grow up thinking that we need to find Prince Charming who's going to save us from ourselves. Yeah. 
Yeah. Or social media. Yeah. Well, now, yeah, yeah. now it's TikTok. Everybody's, everybody's perfect life. Watching yeah. all, everybody's perfect life all day. Make you crazy. Like let your child save themselves. And that doesn't mean that you're not yeah. an empathetic, loving presence for them. Mm-hmm. It means that you're not fixing every emotion that they have. You can't steal their pain because then you steal the lessons that they take away from their pain. Yeah. And you're not necessarily teaching. You're guiding them through those. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I get it. I get it. Man. You know, we sat here before this, we started this episode and I was like, what? Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm, I don't know. Should we do what, like do a reintroduction of what is relational parenting or should we do this, um, this quit fixing everything for your children, this punishment versus fixing things versus emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they kind of merged. <laughs> mm-hmm. I feel they like, did. because they this did. is, this is the foundation of relational parenting. Um, yeah. And I do want to do, I have, um, the first, when we did the first episode, I didn't have this yet. Well, I had, I, I had it created. I hadn't printed it and laminated it. Um, oh, it's laminated now. Ooh. But I do, well, I did some events earlier in the year, so I made some signs and things. All but right. you're building. You're I building. guess we will, we will do another episode that's a, that is specifically talking about the, the pillars and foundations of re- the relational parenting method that I created. The methodology. Um, yeah. But I did finally create the relational nice. development pyramid, and it's two-sided. They're the same, so they correspond. So relationship to caregiver corresponds to physical competence. Okay. Emotional competence also responds to relationship to caregiver. Gotcha. And then as we cool. develop... As we develop social competence, we develop relationship to non-caregivers. And okay. as we develop cognitive competence, we develop relationship to ourselves. And okay. each of these builds on the on the one below it. And you can't is, skip any of them. This is like reading levels, right? And when I was when I was a kid in school, they had little reader things and they'd have a bunch of books and then they kept track of what level you were in, niche you were in for, for reading. Yeah. You, you kind of have to go through, if you can't read the level one books, you're not going to have much fun with the level two books and so on. That was a, yeah. Well, and know. even learning to read, you can't read if you don't know what the letters are and the sounds that they make. So you've got, there's a first step before the second exactly. step can develop before the third step can develop pr- appropriately before the fourth step. And that fourth exactly. step of relationship to ourselves is what matters when we step out into the, into the world. And if we aren't building yeah. those bonds with caregivers and non-caregivers, and then the bond we have with ourselves, the confidence we have in ourselves, the resilience that we have with ourselves to overcome difficulty in life, um, none of it's mm-hmm. going to develop appropriately. And we're all going to, yeah. and your, your child's going to go through 10 years of therapy, if not more to build That's them right. themselves in adulthood. <laughs> no. and, so, um, and somebody else and somebody else. Somebody else will be getting paid to do it. That touches right. on one of one of my favorite topics is don't expect to not learn anything from your kids when you're doing this. Oh my god, you're constantly as, learning from your kids. As you start as you start 
working this way with your kids, you'll find yourself you're working with yourself too. You'll hit yeah. you'll hit old old wounds, old old bad habits, and uh, it's you'll be you'll be learning from it as much as the kids will. Yeah, if you let it, parenting, having children will absolutely transform you. Yeah, as a yeah. person. Not- not a one-way street at all. Yeah. Yeah. All good right. stuff. That was good. That was great. Yeah. I liked it. I like where we went. We often we often start you and I's episodes. I used to be very, like, try to be very, I was, like, on my own ass about, like, creating this beautiful outline for us. Yeah. Um, but when I started just kind of showing up and being like, this is what's on my mind today. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, all right. And I was like, here's a couple of talking mm-hmm. points that I'm going to talk about. And then we mm-hmm. just kind of fly. And, and I, I don't know. It always ends up working out. Well, we're kind of hitting a stride here. I find myself hearkening back. You know, you've, we've got enough history and enough guests and enough talks of our own where we're kind of figuring out where we are, getting getting, uh, getting in the groove. We're getting a groove going. We're getting in a groove, but I think it's also nice to not plan everything so meticulously and just let it be go where it's going to go. I had no idea we were going to talk about your conflict resolution skills between us. I didn't even, I mean, depending on how much I cut, if you guys hear how long it took me to come up with the actual question I was trying to ask you, it's because I didn't have one planned. Yeah. 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 No, no, that's part of the draw here. Just us, just us chit-chatting about uh, about parenting. Hopefully, in a way, people can glean and get interested. And uh, for me, it's all about making the world a little bit better place. You know, yep. passing on what we've learned. Yep. All right, friends. Well, uh, happy parenting and good luck out there. Well, did you learn anything new? Or have you heard all of this before? Do you agree with us, disagree with us, have a question? We want to see you in our inbox or via the Patreon page in the show notes. Tap on either link to send us your feedback, share your own parenting story, or support our mission of providing a connected community for all parents. And don't forget to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you loved this episode, click on that little star and give us five of them so we can get visible to other parents who are looking for us. This is your weekly reminder. Parents, you already have everything you need inside of you. You are a strong, loving, capable parent. And here, you are never alone. I'll see you next week.